It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down I was born. Welcome back to a Labor Day edition of American Loser. Uh, definitely uh, taking it easy today, right, Dad? No job, no uh, no real work here on Labor Day. We're celebrating appropriately. Uh, it's definitely not the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place. I'm is, certainly not your host, KP Burke. It is not what is. This is not what you think it is. It is not what you think. It is not what you speak. This is not your show. This is the Big Kahuna Hour, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing? It's over. <laughs> it finally happened, guys. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, Big Kahuna's buying the ones and twos because, uh, like we said, it's American Loser, guys. So that means uh, K.P. Burke is going to hide behind his uh, his handsome dilf of a dad. Um, first of all, say hello to the people. Hello, hello, people. How are we doing here? Yeah, here we, we are. Shared Universe Studio. Now, uh, you are a uh, retired shop teacher, a uh, history fan. Industrial arts educator. Thank you. Indeed. <laughs> and uh, But we added a, a job title to you uh, as, of, uh, as recently as uh, 24 hours ago. Job title? Yeah. All right. First time ever, Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. Yeah, as far as I know. I mean, your other family. <laughs> yeah, right. It's Famed escapee. <laughs> Indeed. That's Got it. married, yeah. Yeah, uh, so quick shout out to uh, Carrie and Crystal, my sister Carrie, who's been on the show before and is awaiting a parole date. Um, went ahead <laughs> and uh, they, they had a beautiful wedding yesterday. It was a great time. Uh, sponsored by Ross Brewing. And uh, <laughs> if you want to see my speech, it's going to be up on Patreon. Just kidding, sort of. I it don't was, know yet. It was temporary leave, but she's back in prison. That's now. it. <laughs> she got the weekend. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Cinderella man. Liberty kind of a thing. It is. Uh, anything else you want to say before we dive in on? Uh, no, a kick? We got to introduce a guest in a second. Let's kick this thing. I'm happy about that, man. So uh, as you guys know, we cover uh, it, it's American Loser for a reason. OK, so it's unfortunate, weird stuff from history. Uh, I say it all the time. One of my best friends. I have to say one of because my actual best friend is here today. Um Nathan Nicole Marie Condit. So, <laughs> in case that middle name has been taken enough. <laughs> nah, dude. Um, so, you and me uh, hung out pretty much. I mean, seventh, I would say seventh grade is when we started to become friends, and then uh, we were auto shop rats together. You were amazing with cars, and I was funny. So, um, right. you were customer it's a, it's service. It's a winning dynamic. It's a, <laughs> if you're not smart, you got to figure out something. It's a. <laughs> We so quickly figured out that I was going to be the service consultant of there the class. Go. We're like, oh, he can deal with people, right? You know. So who was the Egon? Who was the Venkman? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just say uh, we were both Winston. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. But we had uh, no. We had an interesting uh, dynamic, though, man. But uh, uh, you now, if, I don't know. If you want to promo uh, at the end? If you want to plug um, the the garage or anything, people can check out what you guys do. You have the craziest car projects going on ever. Yeah, I got. Uh, bunch of classic cars at my friend Mark's house. Uh, uh, check our website out, luxuryautoco.com. Me and uh, friend Adam started a little business together, and we've just been digging since. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. To, digging is the right word too. Yeah. But um, NASCAR terms. That's, <laughs> uh, 
But I'm stoked to have you up here, man. You moved down to Charlotte to chase that dream or whatever. I started a podcast with my dad. You are now a homeowner. I've lost everything. So I'm going to go ahead and say you're winning, buddy. <laughs> Hell yeah. So. Sometimes I have to sleep outside. Sometimes the water works, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> Much like uh, here at a shared universe. Uh, they, <laughs> oh, come on. A little inside uh, baseball for anybody who knows about fire damage in the Eatontown area. Uh, but real quick, got to do one shout out as we're uh, going into the topic here. Uh, again, the friend of the show, Pat Dowden, just what a great guy, sent us more art, really cool art. Um, yes. And uh, he's, a, he's a fellow veteran, so we got to uh, uh, show him a little love on that one. Uh, also, uh, my buddy, uh, my boy Rico, uh, Snake Diet Rico has a show called Facts of Life. Wanted me to plug that. You can check that out. If you're looking for his info, you can find him over on my Instagram. Uh, that's the dude that helped me lose 70 pounds. All right. So the diet is simple. You just shove massive amounts of cocaine up your nose and scream at the sun. <laughs> so, that's right. It's a typical Friday night stuff. That's <laughs> but I'm stoked here. We're going to crack right into this one now. See, four minutes and we're good, Dad. We're into the story right. now. February 7th, 1919. The Michigan Supreme Court. Exciting background as for there we all go. That's a, that's a lead in. If that's a catchphrase, if we ever have one, the Michigan Supreme Court. Michigan Supreme Court hands down a decision on a case featuring not one but many big names in the booming auto industry that, to quote Kid Rock, put Detroit City on the map. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. The biggest name of the time is certainly not up for debate. The legacy is where the losing is going to come in today. Mm-hmm. Welcome, folks, to Dodge versus Ford Motor Company. So, Oh, okay. It's a good one, dude. I thought I knew some of the story. Uh, Nate broke it down for me because, again, car, passionate car. Uh, hilariously underrated stand-up comic, too, by the way. I don't think he, he was chasing it down in North Carolina. But um, our friend Pat Grillon over at Tyranny's Tavern used to say that you were very funny. And you would say, why do I always have to go first on the show? And um, she then looked you in the eyes and said, because you get too drunk if I let you go later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And uh, I haven't been pursuing stand-up in North Carolina because fart jokes don't do well down there. It's a, it's a weird audience. Buttholes. Well, actually, you're dealing with, um, you're dealing with all the, the, the car folks down there. For those who don't know, because we have people that aren't really familiar with cars like me. I pretend I know stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Ford versus Dodge. What's what's the beef? Right. What's the modern 2020 beef for them? Modern 2020 is basically uh, Ford definitely outsells Dodge. But Uh, my uh, father can attribute to that, unfortunately. Right. Dad. I'm I'm driving once. (laughs) It's it's okay. So. No offense to you, Larry, but... Uh, <laughs> you, you have your own opinion on that one, Nathan? <laughs> so, somehow, somehow the passion died a little bit. There's a fall off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you like uh, a steel chassis surrounded in plastic and just... I don't know if I'm going to make it to work, but... <laughs> Keep well, shit talking, man. Oh, it's great. They're good. What, it's, uh, what, what car does Kahuna drive? Kahuna drives a Buick. <laughs> Buick. That's a fantastic automobile. It is. Uh, he's gone through a couple automobiles since we've known him, too, which is interesting. I've gone through one. That's, well, since you, oh, no, that's a lie. Never mind. There's a, the reason continue. I mentioned that is because there's a name, Dad. You know exactly what name I'm about to jump into here. Um, but there's a name that, that we're going to have a couple jaw drop moments here. We're actually going to shock Nate, who's our car expert. And my understanding is that uh, Ford used to st- uh, stand for found on road dead. Correct. Mm. I think you're the one who told me that. Yeah, it's the, yeah, the pro- professional acronym for Ford is 
Fucked on race day, found on road dead. <laughs> fix or repair daily. Yeah, one on race just fix or repair daily. <laughs> I've heard some some tough oh, ones. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yes. Well, we drive it and it's quite nice. So yeah, or Mopar or no car. <laughs> and, and that's why I'm on uh, Dodge Brothers side right now. I think um, I think th- I'll let every- the audience will make up their mind for themselves. But I think we know where they're going to lean, right, Dad? Is that fair to say? Well, I think pretty much uh, the audience has already made their own decision by what they're what they're currently driving. But well, you know, the, the, the history. We're going into the history of, of the automobile True. industry. You know me. Yeah, I'm so. a red blooded American Early boy, on. which is if why I drive a Nissan. If, <laughs> if you didn't hate your truck before, you're really going to hate it now. Yeah. You don't want to fix it by Japanese. It's uh, also true. That's true. The uh, the biggest name of the time, like we said, the Zeitgeist is a wild one. I'm going to actually set up the Zeitgeist because, Dad, you went down some wormholes that are very fun. We got Nate's mechanical knowledge and historical knowledge here. Uh, this one's going to get sticky fast. I'll yeah. put it that way. Uh, it's hard to imagine the blurring of a timeline between uh, America, where horseback travel is going on, mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, automobiles, right? So for comparison's sake... I'm going to try to just throw out some, uh, you know, you've known me forever, dude. It's, I'm full of bad analogies and terrible metaphors. Um, the jump between vinyl and MP3s, there's stuff going on in the middle, right? So modern cars are not exactly what we're going to be talking about here today. Uh, it's sort of like there was this weird website called MySpace back in the day. You could have an mm-hmm. online profile. And that has now somehow morphed into a weirder website called Twitter that has a, an official president of the United States account attached to it. Like it, it's illegal, you know, matters got involved. Here. And no cool songs that you could pick for your profile. That's like Cascada every time we touch. <laughs> it's true. Boom, 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 boom. Um, Mine was a ska song. That's <laughs> ska lives forever. <laughs> There ain't nothing wrong with Ska, but there is something wrong with the rest of this story. <laughs> uh, now, the jump the country's about to make is a, a pretty wild one. Nate and I took a class uh, together in high school, uh, multiple periods of uh, auto shop class. And one of the things that I always remember standing out was our teacher, Mr. Bergen, who uh, I'm still friends with on Facebook and I hope listens to this show. He told us, he goes, you guys don't understand cars at the time when we were in high school they were talking about clunkers and stuff like that um cars were actually going to be this miracle cure where it was going to be cleaner because you finally were going to get people in the big city hubs not on horseback anymore i'm going to ask you dad what do you think's the number one complaint people had about horses in the big city well obviously if you're if everybody's riding horses or horsepower you got a lot of horse shit accumulating here and there. So, you know, mind your step uh, <laughs> as you you're think, walking around the city. If you think New York smelled bad now, right. think back then. Right. Just wait for it. Now, Nate said fixed or repaired daily. What happens if your horse breaks down? You say <laughs> you say nay to it. Oh. oh I got first one. Whoa. Start of many. Got to take old Sparky out to the yeah. barn. So if you're listening, stay close to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> So you got hubs forming in America. It's a weird time in America, right? The horses are kind of, there's this idea that if only we could get, you know, if everyone can't be on a horse because there's going to be too much horse shit, there's dead horse bodies and stuff like that. If you could get some sort of a carriage, like, you know, carriages are already popular, but if you could get rid of the horse, maybe a horse Less carriage. carriage. See? See, we're landing. There on you stuff go. Now. There it is. Um, but believe it or not, that's again one of the major early incentives of this uh, automobile potential industry. Nate, you pointed this out to me the other day. Uh, what 
who was the, the the first kind of car, if you will, or automobile? What what country? Because it wasn't America. So it, we was, can't. it was Germany, who basically the sorry uh, Benz basically started it off. The name sound familiar to anybody at home? It's because you're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> that's right. Benz <laughs> first car, Mercedes Benz. <laughs> But they'll come in later. A lot of familiar names in this story, though. Um, I'm pretty fascinated by this one. Uh, before you can walk, you got to crawl. So before you get your license, you should probably learn how to ride a bike. Um, so before we can get to cars, two of the most famous names in the auto industry and in the world, really, are going to start out working with bicycles. Um, right. I mean, that was a, a transitional mode of transportation. and. By this time, I mean, it's post-Civil War, it's really post-Reconstruction, and transportation, the, the fastest way of getting from here to there is by the railroad. And that's primarily steam-driven, but you got to go from station to station. Well, how do you get to the train station in the first place? Well, you're right back to a horseback. Um, so now we're trying to develop a way that, you know, again, is cleaner, easier, uh, more reliable. You don't have to feed the thing. It's not going to get sick. It's not going to die on you. Um, You don't have to clean up after it. So perhaps a bicycle is the way to go. So there's huge uh, advances in in bicycle uh, engineering design at the same time. So there's a lot of people, the early car industry has got their start as a Bicycle builders. And not just the car industry, too, right? Not just the car industry. I mean, we've got these two guys in in Detroit, um, the Dodge brothers, who started out with a very successful bicycle business. But there's some other guys uh, out near Dayton, Dayton, Ohio, that were also bicycle Mm -hmm. builders, uh, the Wright brothers, another another siblings, if you will, uh, that they did very well with their bicycle business and used actually the profits from their bicycle business to do experiments with with flight. That now, one episode of the music and history of America with Charlie Brown is all starting to kick back in. Now. <laughs> I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I remember all of this now. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting because guess what state? I mean, was quote is first in flight, Nate. Uh, North Carolina. Yep, they brag about that one quite a bit, but it's uh, I, I get why. I do have one downside from bicycles to horses, uh, because if the horse dies, then you could eat the horse. True. It's sustainable transportation. <laughs> Jesus. It's a very dark perpetual motion machine. Yeah. But it's better than the smell. Now, imagine if you were a poor person, though, and you ran to eat like a dead horse on the side of the road here. But uh, not to beat that dead horse, no, fellas. There it is. Horse. Yes. Uh, you said their names earlier, Dad. So the, the obviously, we talk about the Wright brothers. We know what they went on to do with flight. Absolutely changed the world. These other two brothers, lesser known heroes. But definitely heroes. Um, and obviously, it doesn't end well for them if they're on this show. But, uh, <laughs> right. Enter John Francis and Horace Elgin Dodge, a.k.a. the Dodge Brothers. They were born in Niles, Michigan. Contrary to some beliefs, they were not twins. Uh, they were uh, the four-year age difference between uh, John being older and Horace being younger. That four-year age difference, honest to God, I did the math. That's the longest they would ever be apart in their life. They there were yep. convinced that they were twins. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. it's uh, so it's interesting. These two guys hang out. They look similar. They both got uh, fiery red hair and an ancestry that oddly goes back all the way to England. Um, and these guys, uh, I mean, you said they were Mayflower guys, right, Dad? I think. Well, the, the family came over from England to the uh, you know to the colonies uh, 
and I think the, the they were almost uh, sister ship to the to the Mayflower kind of a thing. So their their lineage goes way back to the start of uh, the American colonies. So they got some and, bones, and, and they and they definitely had some bucks too because they had some very uh, uh, well. Nice property in Massachusetts, and then uh, some of their ancestors pick up and move out to uh, the, D- the Detroit area to well, start business there. To begin for our boys today, though, John and uh, and Horace, uh, they wind up in Niles, Michigan. Now, uh, again, like we said, fiery red hair. They dress similar. They act similar. They're, they're interesting guys here. Very smart. Uh, the Dodge family relocates from Niles to a city that was founded, and I'm using air quotes, uh, founded by the French many centuries ago, known as uh, Detroit, right? <laughs> Not kidding, that's the correct pronunciation of Detroit. That's how we Americanize that yeah. one. Uh, I, was, I was thinking you were going like Detroit 500. <laughs> it, uh, you're not too far off. Oh, okay. It's, uh, I'm, I'm I feel listening. like that's going to make a comeback. Like once Detroit like somehow just goes on the up and up and becomes hip, hipster city, because it will, it will happen. It's gonna be it's gonna be called what you said because I'm not gonna try and pronounce it myself. Detroit. Detroit. Interestingly enough, Detroit is uh, got an interesting guy who settled it, if you will. Uh, he is a, a French outpost uh, uh, type general, uh, a badass frontiersman dude, military guy, military fella, uh, a captain, if you will, by the name of uh, Antoine Lemuelet de la Moth Cadillac. <laughs> yep, that would be it. Yep, that's the Cadillac. That's Cadillac, Cadillac founded Detroit. The so, old Cadu. Now we're going to get some names here. They're all synonymous with Detroit, and but they're all. It's a pissing contest. Is that fair to say? There's a lot of people that came together in the Detroit area in the early auto industry for certain. Well, uh, again, these Dodge brothers are over in Niles, Michigan, which is essentially now, thanks in part to inventions that the Dodge brothers made for us. Uh, just a three-hour and six-minute drive from Niles, Michigan to Detroit. That could be done in an afternoon. In fact, I think that might be our Labor Day weekend drive home from the, uh, the back from <laughs> right. the Jersey Shore. It's going to take us longer to get home tonight <laughs> from here. <laughs> but uh, per Google Maps on bicycle, I'm very proud of myself for doing this research um, because Google does not have a horseback travel option. The journey from Niles to Detroit on a bicycle would take over 15 hours. That is without stopping to pee. It's pretty quick. Yeah, so fifteen hours by bike. Yeah, you're, you're fifteen hours on bicycle, man. So you're moving along. Imagine because we hear how fast as we get into the cars and stuff like that. We hear the idea of horsepower and all these other things, and you're like, you kind of you're impressed, but you're not like, all right, that's kind of tame back then. But you're like, no, dude, the other options available at the time. This was now. We have, uh, I look at it this way. I used to have to hold my cell phone up in the air so that I could get enough service to make a phone call. You know, now I bitch if I can't stream a YouTube video. So we, we get right. complacent right. as the times make us that way. Of course, after riding on a bicycle for 15 hours, you're not going to be walking right once you get there. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's another real, issue. Real thick thighs, though. <laughs> so oh, that's where thick thighs save lives comes from. <laughs> yeah. People who still ride bikes. Well, uh, similar to uh, uh, good old Nathan here to my left, uh, the Dodge Boys have uh, a fascination with uh, all things machinery. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a tinkering nature that comes with it. Um, it's what the Dilbert comics have referred to as, quote, the knack. 
the neck. Yeah, which is uh, usually accompanied by uh, some antisocial tendencies, usually some uh, frustration. Nate, have you ever cursed while you're working on a piece of equipment? No fucking no. way. No. <laughs> never once. <laughs> never once in my life. No, never. <laughs> well, they're actually born into it, too, because uh, their father was, uh, a, I think, a boiler in boiler manufacturing, steam, yeah. steam-powered boilers and stuff. So yes, sir. They were in and around machinery and that type of thing early on. Figure it out in engineering. Well, they got a, yeah, that is uh, the truth with them. And then here's the funny part. This is why these guys are good partners, because if I had applied myself and tried to learn how to use, you know, hand tools or anything and just not try to crack jokes all the time, mm-hmm. you and me probably could have had a pretty successful company. Mm-hmm. However, um, I didn't. So <laughs> the Dodge brothers, they had a good thing well, figured out. Though. I still fix cars and crack jokes all the time. It's just everyone stopped listening to it. So I had to, <laughs> had to zone into one hobby. Well, if you had to pick, um, if you had to say that, because uh, you had a couple great jokes, we were watching a couple documentaries on YouTube uh, in, in prep for this. But uh, so, you know, the difference between Horace and John, who was good at what? Mm, no. Okay. This wouldn't, I thought this was worth notice. No, it's just, it's worth noting. John is skilled, right? So he's, he can turn a wrench. But he's got the mind for sales and managing. And Horace, he's the one who's looking at shit and how do I put this back together in my mind mm-hmm. kind of a thing. It's uh, He's definitely the guy that has, uh, uh, again, we'll just keep calling it the knack. Is that fair to say, Dad? Yeah, but at the same time, too, both of them were, as you said earlier, inseparable, that one was watching out for the other. So John might be the guy that's got the knack as far as figuring shit out. But uh, Horace was the one that was going to make sure that nobody was going to take advantage of that. So he was more the... The finance guy and the uh, the salesman to the to the whole thing. So they were both uh, both both assets, both um, ad- attributes helped out one another kind of a thing. They, one there was a, there was a the good other. blend. Right. Yeah, it's like if you're a smart you know smart enough kid who cracks some good jokes and you have a dad with a deep voice, you know, that's <laughs> hard you can build something off of yeah. it. But I like to think of it this way: if uh, Horace. Um, and, and John, if you want to look at think of John as the Magnum P.I. to Horace's MacGyver. Uh, you're welcome, CBS. Now, just someone at Viacom, please watch our sizzle reel. It's very cool. <laughs> um, roads are not paved yet. Nathan, get ready to shine, buddy. What does this mean? If roads aren't paved yet, what are they made out of? Uh, uh, dirt? <laughs> shit? Did you say that, yes? Yeah, dirt and horse shit. <laughs> what's uh, what's going to be a common problem, then, uh, that people are going to be experiencing while they're trying to you know have things like, say, a bicycle on a dirt road eh, getting like all hot and filthy and nasty <laughs> and then uh you pointed this out to me too that i couldn't believe this i had to look it up because in my mind i was like this is just a snapple fact gone wrong but uh they still hold the patent for i believe you said it was internal ball bearings it's like an encased ball bearing Encased. there it is right yeah so before they actually started shielding the outside of them. It would just be balls running in a race. And, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bearing race. And, uh, you know, you get debris in there and there's no asphalt or anything. So they would get clogged up. They would heat up and they would fail. They were hot, filthy little bearings. <laughs> You're a dirty little bearing, aren't you? <laughs> you stupid little bearing. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, dirt-proof ball bearings, I think, is really the, the catchphrase that we're looking for. Here, yeah, they, they would go forever. And honestly, I don't think I've taken apart a car in, the, like, 
ever that didn't have one somewhere in the transmission. Like you still have wheel bearings that still utilize that technology. There's you pointed it out too. I have a 2009 in my truck, and you're like, "This shit's out there on your truck. This shit's mm-hmm. out there on your mom's much newer than 2009 vehicle." Mm-hmm. Um, it's they, they never changed it because you don't you don't change anything that's perfect. Yeah, if it works, <laughs> why yeah. change it? Right? Yeah. Well, how many times did you guys see something marketed on TV later? Because this is very important. The Dodge Brothers are smart enough to have, like you said, Dad. You got a, a tinkering genius, if you will, and then you also have a guy who's like, "Hey, well, we have a business mind for this too." He's they're again one hand washes the other. How many times did you uh, see something get marketed on TV? And you're like, man, I should have patented that. And they they were ahead of the curve right. on that. Mm-hmm. They did they did just that. So they were able to uh, it's like, get, the, get that shit patented. So now everybody else is paying them a royalty for the thing that they, I think they. That they like, that they created. So that yeah. anybody, anytime anyone wants to build something similar to it or use that design, they get paid. Yeah, and I think what was interesting, too, is that that was back in 1896, and we're still using that shit today. Today. You know? See, that type of mind shit is why we don't have flying cars like in Back to the Future 2 yet. Like, come on. I want flying cars. That's all I want. We could have. We could have. But it's just this don't broke. Losers. Yeah. <laughs> I blame you guys. <laughs> it's the problem, I think, is getting up to 88 miles an hour. Pop culture Larry throwing them at us. Well, in the time, yeah. Yeah, but, but to show how tight these two brothers were, too, I mean, I believe it was Horace who was credited with this dirt-proof wall bearing, but he shared the uh, the credit with his brother John in the in the patent application. So These guys were so tight, they would not um, accept mail if it wasn't addressed to both of them. So that was really? a true yeah. story, yeah. That, that these, came a little later on, but... Every, that's, every, but it doesn't start from nowhere. Right, 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 right. Did they hold hands in public? <laughs> do, we, do we have a source on that? Well, they both had fiery red hair, and they're, um, as they, we're going to cover, there's some tempers and stuff like that, too. I do like to picture it's just two Bill Burrs walking around like, ah, it's the worst. Ball bear. <laughs> Fuck, fucking internal ball bear. You believe, you believe this shit? You've got an idea? It's stupid. <laughs> well, they're uh, very smart because they, uh, they patent this dirt-proof... Um, kind of an encased ball bearing which is like you said used on cars today and the Dodge Boys um, they definitely have their own secret language Mm -hmm. it wouldn't shock me uh, because you have to especially with the engineering people because you know it's a way reliability yeah Yeah. Um, more on a a similar word to that later Um, but as we're getting through because these guys lives are insane so it's going to feel like we're going at a rapid pace here we're actually not it's just how fast shit was happening back then um these guys have a bicycle company, and they are running this said bicycle company successfully. Absolutely. For a profit. All right? Uh, use this to contrast them against their later partner here that we're about to introduce in a second. Um, they use the profits of the sale of the bike business to open up a machine shop. And they win a contract working on some company founded by some guy named Ransom Olds, who had a company called the Olds Motor Company. Olds Mo, Old, Oldsmobile. Yes. <laughs> Old, <laughs> Oldsmobile. Everyone thought that people who drove Oldsmobile drove them because they were old. That was, <laughs> that was my understanding as a child. <laughs> it's, uh, I can't think of anybody. I can't think of Oldsmobile rolling any sort of a hot new commodity off uh, uh, an assembly line, which also comes later. That's again how fast this shit all happens. They had the best station uh, <laughs> Yeah. It, spoiler alert. Newsmobile. <laughs> yeah, you can't put old in the title and try to get kids to buy it. I think you're right there. That's very true. <laughs> but they use the profits, uh, like we said, to open up this thing now, and they get a contract. They get awarded a contract 
from uh, Ransom Olds of Olds Motor Company. And if this all sounds too crazy to be true, uh, this ought to make some sense of it. The year, just so you know, at home, listeners, is 1902. And anything is possible because there's a certain man in the White House <laughs> by the name of Teddy motherfucking Roosevelt. <laughs> so... Dodge these, is are, a, these are wild times and not just for the automotive industry or the bicycle business or aviation or these are just absolutely wild times it is the whole country is is at a fever pitch at a fever pace into new development and everything else Thing, things are happening all over the place half the reason tr gets to be one of the first presidents for everything is because it happened for the first time when he was president <laughs> it's uh he's a uh, he's set up for there um, he's just taking shit and dealing with it he was uh, he was an accomplished guy, man. But the Dodge Boys, they're popular and they got a reputation. First of all, you got a successful bike shop. That's kind of cool, right? You got a good business going. They sell that. They get awarded this contract. Their reputation is that of innovation, success, and like Nate said earlier, reliability. So this attracts some attention. Uh, I'm about to set you up for success, Lawrence Patrick. You ready? Uh, I don't know what you're going to be asking me, but uh, I'll go for it. I'm going to ask you if you could explain the oddity of a human being that is at this time, 1902, Henry Ford. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> now, how, how can you explain a Henry Ford? I mean, he has come to be known as, uh, you know, the automotive genius kind of a thing. But uh, he had some loser uh, capability. <laughs> qualities to him as well oh, yeah. i mean henry ford is going to have to be a later episode at least one episode if not multiple episodes he's got but, some story um, arcs henry ford at this particular point in time i mean uh the dodge brothers um sell their part of the bicycle business and take that money to set up their own machine shop they're now making uh a lot of engines and transmissions for olds uh at at, by 1903, um, they've got about 30% share of the car building in the U.S. So the Dodge brothers are very much successful and have created a rep of being, you know, quality stuff coming out of coming out of their uh, facility. We're going to try to avoid using the one word too, but because you know where, where I'm going at later. But uh, keep going. All right. So now Henry Ford comes along. Now Henry Ford has also been tinkering around with. Um, with automobiles and well internal combustion engines too because again this is a, a whole new age that we're getting away from steam driven locomotives um early cars were actually steam driven but you know that had some limitations yeah, to it too problems. but now this internal combustion engine hey now maybe we got something that you know there's a, a guy rockefeller who's been pulling up oil and turning it into kerosene to light american homes but there's a byproduct from all of that called gasoline that we can probably run some engines uh, off, uh, off of that fuel. Um, Ford made a couple of different um, attempts at, you know, internal combustion engine driven cars, if you will, automobiles. Uh, but he's not real successful at that. As a matter of fact, he goes through two bankruptcies um, early on. So now he's still got this idea. He Ford develops this internal combustion engine that did run for like 30 seconds. So he's like, all right, it's running. It's running. It's running. Uh, it's not running. But at least it, it, it sounds familiar to something that happened when I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there, there is, you know, some signs of success that you're on the right track here. But he now goes to the Dodge brothers and asks them to um, go in with him 
um, or to supply the engines and transmissions and a lot of other stuff to, for them to manufacture this shit that he could then put the Ford name on for the Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. Can I ask yeah, you what I, the Ford Motor, because I, I know Nate's about to hit this. Go ahead, buddy. Because there, there, there was that epic race. Yes. Uh, Ford's got, um, if you can, if you want to talk about the race real quick, because then yeah. the, the background to, it's insane. Oh, I because know. Henry Ford is this. absolutely baffling. So he's got parts of his story that are going to wind up. And again, we're, we're not doing it, listeners. We're not going in to Henry Ford today. We're going to give you the background so you understand the story. But at times, he is Luke Skywalker. At times, he is Vader. At times, he is Palpatine. And his so. brother is Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I put that on a T for you. Yeah, um, sorry. This is what you're going to have to do for the rest of the show. No problem, dude. So uh, the race thing, he's uh, break down what, what's, what's kind of cool. Because this sets him apart. This gets the attention of some of the automotive world. Yeah, well, I forgot who he was competing against because we never remember winners. And even if you have the answer for it, don't say it because it doesn't deserve it. Okay. I don't have it. You're correct so far. You're either first or you're last. <laughs> it's a quote. Uh, but yeah, essentially, he won the race because my, like electrical systems back in that day were so poor that like, you know, you go down the block and around the block and the car is going to break down because it couldn't develop enough spark for it to run. So he, although he wasn't the most mechanical genius figured out how to make the ignition system run long enough for it to last long enough to finish a race see that's the key when they just broke down there he didn't win the race he finished the race finished the race that's all you had to because the other guy the car wound up breaking down so ford's got a little bit of a um he's trying to redeem his name a little bit here now we said what's the value of the ford name uh one thing worth noting here real quickly He's going to go talk to the Dodge brothers like you set us up for, Dad. Right. And uh, he's literally already lost a company that he helped build that was named after him. Twice. He yes. went through two bankruptcies. So two bankruptcies. Two strikes. I mean, so he's he's on his third and final strike here. And the pisser of it is this. It's the Henry Ford Motor Company. And when he leaves that company, they have to change the name of the company because we're not going to name it after a guy that's not here anymore, right? So we're going to change the name. Well, what's something that we can do? We're based out of Detroit. Let's name it after the founder of Detroit. Cadillac. Are yep. you serious? Yep. Cadillac. The original Henry Ford company was that had its name changed to Cadillac after Ford left the company. Now Ford wants to go, I know, dude. I know. I sat there. I divided by zero, too. It's uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> but um, now so now I he's going to show bad up. about my Cadillac CTS being a piece of shit. <laughs> they made it that way. Yeah, I know. You don't got You don't got to tell this car guy. I, I know. I'm getting it's, like uh, flashbacks. It's like it's Nate said, though, too. There's a steep decline uh, post um, uh, of a lot of the companies here because uh, things start to get a little um, again. Uh, Inter- We're in the Wild West time. Intertang- intertangled. Uh, it's an tangled. entanglement. Yeah, people, it's an entanglement. People no longer had to go from the train station. They started wanting to, like, span the globe. So, like, cars had to, you know, get a little better at doing that. Yeah, you need to be able to travel to these different hubs. Right. You're not growing up within four miles of where you were born and dying. You know. What but I mean? at, at, the, at this time, though, too, it's still a uh, an automobile or a car is something for the rich because... 
things are pretty much being handmade by now. So, I mean, it, it, you know, mm -hmm. although Benz was one of the first in Germany, uh, it was a handcrafted machine that, uh, you know, you're not you're not cranking these out one right after the other. It's way too overcomplicated. To yeah. And, and now so. Henry Ford goes to the Dodge brothers asking for, you know, for them to um, start manufacturing some stuff for his automobiles. And uh, the, the Dodge brothers are saying, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Here's a guy that's already went out of business, went bankrupt twice, mm -hmm. that we want to make sure that we're going to be paid for our efforts here. So they demand a 10 percent stake in uh, Ford's new company and a right to all of Ford's assets in case there's another bankruptcy. So at least they're not going to come away, you know, holding nothing but uh, nothing. Um, they come to terms. Uh, the Dodge brothers provide three, three grand in cash and $7,000 in parts. And uh, they start making uh, parts for the uh, first Ford uh, Motor Company automobile. Interestingly enough, now just to set the, the table here for everybody, um, you got the Dodge brothers, innovative, successful, uh, great reputation. Henry Ford, at the time in Detroit, it was said the fastest way to lose money was to lend it to Henry Ford. It, it, he was right. betting on the Mets. Right. right? That, was, that was what he was. Put up the old news. Yeah, it was bad news that way, man. Uh, so the fact that you needed somebody crazy and wild enough and maverick enough, if you will, uh, that could sit there and could say, well, this guy's boomer bust. Let's take a crack at him. So who there's no other part. Right, it's a crapshoot at this Dodge point. Brothers. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a crapshoot. And these guys were willing to uh, to roll the dice. And they're the best stuff. And then, uh, you know, when the, when Ford started making his first cars, Dodge, the Dodge Brothers had one hundred and thirty five employees making parts and stuff. The Ford company had twelve. So, you know, who's helping who here? He's the epic salesman. Right. You phrased that so well when we were talking, too, that uh, there is a salesman thing here. Part of the thing early on with Ford that he was a failure for is because he didn't have this showmanship. And he didn't have uh, – then his reputation kind of went to garbage. So now he's pairing up with these guys with a great reputation mm -hmm. and who also have the capital and the machine shop and a little innovation here. It really becomes uh, a chicken-in-the-egg argument for what's about to come. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, I do – I hate Ford. So, like, I'm very biased by speaker on we this We haven't subject. noticed that up until this point, yeah. Nathan. <laughs> you really hide your cards well. Oh, yeah. Mustang. Uh, but he did really grow up from nothing. And he literally devoted his entire life to this, this big dream. He just wanted cars to work. And that was it. You're, Ford, you're talking Ford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even actually the whole development of uh, his version of the internal combustion engine, he was doing that at nights because mm -hmm. during the day he was working go. for. Here we go. He was working for Jersey uh, Jersey Tie-In. Are you setting me up or am I really? Yeah, you can, oh, I'm, I'm setting excited. you up. Go for I'm it. I'm excited. It's nice to be able to score every now and then. I can't just be Steve Nash on this show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Who's the Jersey guy? Jersey Connection at the time when Henry Ford is making these uh, uh, little um, he's tinkerings of his own, right. if you will. He's, yeah. he's tinkering at home. He's performing his own homegrown <laughs> experiments on the, on the internal combustion engine. And he is employed by the Edison Lighting Company of Detroit, as in Thomas Alva. All right. Uh, again, so who's home based in New Jersey, New Jersey, ah. center of the universe. So Detroit uh, <laughs> shipped it all out. But as New Jersey will tell you, uh, 
uh, Trenton makes the world takes. So, <laughs> That's it. But uh, again, if we're in a show called American Loser, you know there's going to have to be some losing at some point. Uh, the uh, two guys that are like Detroit's original bad boys, if you will, John and Horace Dodge here, um, they're set up now. They're going to be working with our boy Henry Ford. Now, uh, again, we were saying this earlier, too. In comedy, Nate, uh, people get your credits wrong a lot. Mm-hmm. People take credit for stuff they didn't really do. Well, I was a writer for this show. Were you? I can't really prove you weren't. As we learned, Dad, it wasn't easy to figure out who's really full of shit in the, well, I heard that the Dodge brothers did everything and Ford just did nothing. And then you also hear, no, without Ford's vision and right. simplicity in design, the Dodge brothers would have over-engineered another German piece of shit. <laughs> like German piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it gets weird, but like what's, um when you talk to the automotive guys, Nate, what do they have to say for the most part? Who gets the credit? Because you've given me the most interesting perspective on this. Uh, I mean... I, it, like honestly with with ford like ford kind of like gets it all like until we started thinking about this episode and i started looking into like when i was looking into the works of the dodge brothers and what they created and what they patented it was like just a mind-blowing experience I thought I was reading – if someone was to tell me, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Dodge Brothers and, uh, you know, we're going to say it. We're going to reveal the name. Dodge Brothers and the, uh, the Model T. I'm like, no, nah, you got that wrong. It's uh, Ford. Ford Model T is what you're thinking of. And they'd be like, no, no, buddy. And I'd sit there and I'd argue with a guy because he's wearing a, you know, some sort of a, a, a Chevrolet T-shirt. And I'm telling you, <laughs> in my mind, I can argue with him. But and it said turns Ford, out, Ford on the front, the Model T. That's it. <laughs> right. It did say Ford it on did. the nameplate. Now, that's a great point, too, because but it says the name Ford on the SI. But to that point, too, Henry Ford gets credit for, you know, developing the Model T and the moving assembly line and all that kind of stuff. But he mm-hmm. was actually glomming that idea off of some of the meatpacking industry that was going on in Chicago at yep. the time with the meatpackers. And then he was also glomming that idea um, off of Olds because Olds was also making, uh, you know, on an assembly line basis, making cars with the Dodge brothers before Got Henry Ford even came onto the scene. Got the credit. And even predating that, um, there's a bicycle manufacturer that put out Columbia bicycles that are still still out there now. And a lot of their assembly line um, techniques, um, Olds and Ford glommed off of that. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Rather than, you know, just keeping it in stationary one spot and, and everybody coming to it, let's just take this thing and move it on down the line and everybody's going to do their thing. Each, as it, each worker perfects each chassis. Right, right. And it, but it, then it becomes very repetitive. But that's another whole. That's another whole issue. Yeah, this is the genesis of it right here. So now you got the, the Dodge boys are saying, "Listen, we'll help you out. We'll give you some parts. You need parts. You're you're out doing everything on the cheap because you don't have a whole lot of money." So uh, essentially, someone broke this down uh, in a cool way online that I was reading. That the Dodge brothers essentially, uh, it's like Shark Tank. Okay. And uh, the Dodge brothers are sitting there and then uh, Henry Ford walks and he goes, I'm Henry Ford and I would like to, who's interested in a 10% stake of my company? And the Dodge brothers, they said, we'll take you. Well, mm-hmm. We got yeah. you. 10% stake there. They wind up uh, providing a uh, capital. They have the machine shops. They have everything that's going to make Ford's dream, like you said earlier, a reality. That he can do. But he's super simplistic in everything that he does. So he doesn't have the... Um, I'm getting like odd parallels between him and Ray Kroc, if you know that name. Uh, yeah, you know who Ray Kroc? Yeah, 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 like absolutely. Yep. I mean, Ray was more. He didn't really understand the like 
the business side of restaurants, but he knew how to market and do all that type of stuff. So but I'm, it's, it's, I'm just, I was like, the whole oh, assembly line of yeah, uh, making whole, a hamburger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, wait a second. And that's right. why it doesn't this movie. taste good. That's <laughs> <laughs> another jab at Ford. Sorry. No bias. It's a, uh, well, yeah, well the Dodge itself. brothers, I mean, they, they take the gamble. They got a 10% stake in the Ford company. So they own 10% of the company. Um, so even if it does go south, they're, then they're kind of guaranteed for whatever assets Ford might have. They're going to get some of it back. Um, but they borrow $75,000 for tooling, right? Because if you're going to make a new car, you got to tool the car up. Um, and they provide the, uh, the production drawings. And depending on who you want to talk to, this they provide listeners. all the mechanical parts for, the Ford new, for Ford's new company. Um, they redesigned the car's rear axle, the engine, and other key parts, um, which really is the difference maker here between, you know, Ford's previous flops and now a possible success story with uh, with their what, what became known as the Model T. Now, Nate, you just made a, a signal with your hands that if I'm reading it correctly, you're either choking or you want to talk about hydraulic brakes. <laughs> <laughs> choking? <laughs> Help? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, yeah, I think we were talking about in the car a little bit, but it, it, operating the Model T was a... Uh, yeah, As you had to be a mechanical wizard just to be operating yeah. the damn thing. Like, I don't want to get too much into semantics of it all, but uh, like the original vision for that car was very not user friendly. Like, if you had like an Android for like four years and then you switched over to Mac, <laughs> and then your your face got stuck in a fire and your phone didn't open anymore. <laughs> It's, uh, <laughs> I lived 90% of that life so far. Yeah. Is it the fire? Are you okay? That's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's wild too, because we did talk about it in the car ride down and you take so much of that stuff for granted because we're riding mm -hmm. in the car, it's a smooth ride down there. But in order to mo operate this Model T, which was considered extremely simplistic for its time, right? In design and all that mm -hmm. other stuff. But there was another point that we made too, where it says Ford's name on the outside of this Model T. But what are the guts of this vehicle? Um, the, the, the guts are all Dodge. I mean, I, I think the, the history is a little blurred on the whole thing. Super. And I, I feel like there was some button heads with it. Because when Dodge released its first vehicle, it was essentially just like the newborn baby of what cars are today. Mm -hmm. And then it, like the Model T was essentially just like a... Uh, uh, a tractor that you drove on the road that had headlights and leather seats. That's it. Which is kind of <laughs> like... You're not wrong. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like if you bought like a, a Ford Focus today. <laughs> There's a theme here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we have a theme. Jabs! So you're, a, you're a big fan of Ford product then. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're yeah, losing more see that. I'm wearing my bow tie right now. <laughs> <laughs> but... They want the, here's the thing, the Dodge brothers want this to work out. So they're working with it. There's a couple initial kind of issues, whatnot, but eventually this Model T comes out. And the idea is that it's going to be affordable, efficient, and reliable. So much so, in fact, that majority of the Americans uh, are going to learn how to drive on a Model T. So listeners at home, if you're ever curious as to why 
the steering wheel is on the left-hand side of your car, it's because the Model T had that, and anybody who saw it otherwise goes, oh, what the hell is that? That's a, the Model <laughs> T was so common, it decided what side of the car the steering wheel is on. Yeah. It's pretty fucking cool. And if you were driving a Model T and like used to new age cars, if you uh, flipped a turn signal on a Model T, you'd go wide open throttle <laughs> because there was no gas pedal. No, it was all uh, levers. It was uh, levers it, on the steering steering column. Yep, and uh, it had a first first gear pedal, second gear pedal, reverse pedal, and a brake pedal, <laughs> but it didn't have brakes. You had to scream "yabba dabba do" and shove your feet down onto the ground. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, it's, yeah. The the wood panels that the frame was made out of could come up in case you were in an extreme. Emergency. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you could just stick your feet down there and stop the car. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, now, and now to a... To a <laughs> he looked at me dead in the face and was like, yeah, that's yeah. a real thing for him. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, and, and, and I, I was uh, doing some research and in an emergency situation, if you had that thing going top speed and all of a sudden you had to come to a, you know, a screech and halt kind of a thing, mm -hmm. it was basically um, throw the accelerator lever down to zero halfway push, pedal yeah, push, the, push the, the pedal halfway hit the brake and then in a real emergency situation hit the reverse pedal because there was a pedal to put it into reverse and then pull back on the handbrake mm -hmm. to do all of that shit at the same time and you'll start to slow down uh, I, I, want, yeah. I want to travel back in time and ask Henry Ford for 5% stake in his stock to invent the car anchor. It's an anchor that you throw out of the car. There you go. <laughs> Put the whoa Nelly on this yeah. thing. That's Fifteen pounds sharp. <laughs> right. Dude, it's uh it's nuts. And again, this I'm not a car guy. I don't ever pretend to be one. But to understand the history and how quickly everything happened with all this, it, it is nothing short of mind blow. So if you're at home listening and you're like, this, this sounds like that miss a, a section. No, you're supposed to be confused. Yeah. Um, but to the Ford people, you know, the Model T was all right, very simplistic, but it also made it very affordable. Mm -hmm. And but there was some niceties that we take for granted for today. Like to start the Model T, you had to adjust the throttle position and the advanced spark on the on the steering column, yep. then go out to the front of the car, pull on the choke ring. And then grab a hold of the crank handle on the front of the car and turn the crank handle. But be careful how you're doing that, because if you put your thumb in the wrong place, if that thing happens to backfire or misfire, it's probably going to break your break your thumb or break your arm kind of a thing as the handle flies back on you. Uh, and then once if it does start to kick over, then quick run to the to the steering column again and adjust the accelerator and the, and the spark advance. A fun fact about this, I forgot about it, but like back in the day, they used to drain all the coolant out of it and all the oil out of it. So like when they went to sleep at night and they put it next to the the fireplace or the wood burning stove that you no have. Shit. So you keep the oil and the coolant warm enough for you to start it up next day in like extreme cold temperatures. I forgot about that. Do you think they have that. cold temperatures in Michigan? Uh, two or three times. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even nuts. the even the, the fuel tank, there was no there was no fuel pump. Mm -hmm. Your gas tank 
um, was under your under the seat, under you the driver's the, seat. The Pinto was bad. And then, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, or the the fuel tank on the uh, the old Ford pickup trucks. Yeah, that was another one too, right? Yeah, you get a T-bone and uh, it ends up well done. What's but uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. The There's fuel tank. The um. fuel tank. On the- <laughs> I stepped on your line. It's, it's all prime rib jokes. <laughs> but the point was, you were saying, explain the importance of the uh, gravity-fed fuel tank, because this fascinated me. Yeah, the, the fuel tank was under your seat, mm-hmm. and it was a gravity-fed fuel line, so there was no fuel pump. Just by gravity the, the, the uh, or siphon action, the fuel would come out of the tank and down to the engine, which was lower than the fuel tank, which is great. I mean, you, as long as you're going forward, that, that's happy. You're not going to But blow. what happens when... When the fuel gets low, right, you're low on fuel and you're going uphill. Mm-hmm. Well, now it could be that the fuel tank is lower than the engine and you're going to run out of gas. Even though you have gas, gravity is not going to provide gas going to the engine. Mm-hmm. So if you have to go up a steep hill and you're low on gas, turn the car around and go up the hill in reverse mm-hmm. so that the fuel tank is still <laughs> higher than the motor. <laughs> it's like 90% of the uh, project cars I own. I, I don't think I've had a gas tank in like 10 years. Uh, <laughs> you just you just kind of know. Oh, it's sputtering a little. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like an old Benz diesel. You could just piss in the gas tank. The thing is still run. Well, despite all of this, Despite everything we're telling you, which is all true, okay, it's all true. By the way, we occasionally make mistakes on the show. I don't think we have yet. Uh, This Model T, smash success, Mm -hmm. right? Sounds like a total calamity here, but smash success. Ford has learned from his past mistakes. He's notoriously tight-walleted employees. Yes, we're about to get into that. I'm setting you up for uh, a couple of briquettes of success, Lawrence (laughs) Patrick. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Ford's very good. He's notoriously tight-walleted because he doesn't want to have any errors with money. He's trying to fix his reputation here. Uh, The Dodge brothers are actually were giving him a hard time beforehand, like, hey, Land, we're going to keep working together. you got to, you know, earn your keep here kind of a thing. Um, He employs great showmanship and advertising. Uh, He actually, again, we're not going super into uh, Ford here today because we're focusing on the losers. This guy's going to continue to overshadow here. Um, But the results are the rise of the automotive juggernaut bearing his name that now the Ford Motor Company has overshadowed the former Henry Ford Company, right? Which was <laughs> has been turned into Cadillac here. So he's now, he's winning this fight. And I think that was probably like a huge ego bruise for him on this one. Well, yeah, they're successful. I mean, they're delivering a, a, an automobile that the average Joe can afford to buy. Where before everything was handcrafted and, and limited numbers of production that, you know, Joe average can't afford to buy that shit. Elitist. So now finally somebody that's Very on the so. assembly line might be able to afford the car that they're part of the the uh, manufacturing of. He's a, a genius that way. He's got this brilliant vision. Now, here's the weird thing, though. Ford's got a little bit of success right now. He kind of reminds me of a comedian that wrote one good act. And he goes, I don't need more jokes. They're laughing. The crowd's laughing. Everybody's good, you know. And I can't say some of the names of them because people here, you know, a couple of the the, um, the casual references that I know in, uh, in that industry. But uh, he doesn't want to write uh, another act, if you will. Ford isn't big on changing ideas, which is going to start to creatively stifle the Dodge brothers. But before we get to that, 
please, Lawrence Patrick, yes. expand upon maybe perhaps some other interests of Ford, maybe some other businesses he figured out a way to get. Uh, he was going green before you were before going. Well, green. Yeah, you could say going green, but I think he was trying to hold on to as much green as he possibly could himself. <laughs> Minimal resources. <laughs> he's a tight body. He's a cheap son of a bitch mm-hmm. is really what it is. Uh, it's also an emerging industry. Like there's no certainty of how long like this could last. I mean, yeah, the, the allure of cars at this point is obviously crazy it's going to change the world but it's still a brand new industry right there are probably people of the time who were like this isn't going to last it's just a fad yeah it's just a fad for the rich people but now we're finally turning this thing into something that everybody can afford and it was a high it was a high uh ground clearance type of a thing so mm-hmm. going back to henry ford's roots as uh you know farmer kind of a thing he realizes that this is something more than just for the city folks this is going to be for everybody uh country guys and everything else and again there are no real roads it's all dirt roads it's wagon roads mm-hmm. so now we're trying to drive this new fangled uh you know, gasoline-powered uh, engine of uh, this vehicle on dirt roads that, you know, the infrastructure has not caught up with, the, with the technology. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm about out of gas. I yeah. got to stop at the next gas right. station either. And that was another thing that, you know, it was touted that these Model Ts could run on multiple fuels, mm-hmm. that it could be not only gasoline, and the quality of the gasoline was for shit because you mm-hmm. never knew what you were getting there. Um, it could might even be able able to run on kerosene or even pure grain alcohol. So the moonshiner, you're going to fill up at the local moonshiner. Or you could scrape up some horse piss off the ground for the people who can't afford one. <laughs> there you, you know? go. Or, or the farmer that could take take something that he was growing and turn that into grain alcohol yeah. and then put that into the tank. But, uh, you know, so there's speculation as to whether this engine was really designed for all those fuels, whether that was word-of-mouth advertising that was really not fact-based. But uh, um, getting back to the point that we were trying to make here, uh, Henry Ford hated waste, (laughs) to be polite. He hated waste. He wanted to be the model of efficiency. And a great part of the Model T was made out of wood. Mm -hmm. So um, I I saw research that um, it was estimated that Every Model T had a hundred board feet of wood involved, whether it's the steering wheel or it's the floorboards, whether it's um, the body or whatever, that there's a lot of wood in there. So Henry's going to. Um, That's what you want um, your car to be made of is most. Oh, absolutely. Noise. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's not ignitable. Still <laughs> <laughs> a little gas on the body. Yeah, no big deal. Kerosene <laughs> or moonshine or whatever right, you got. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, Ford uh, is definitely looking to cut costs, so he decides that he's going to go out and um, buy property that he can start milling his, you know, find a lumber uh, milling operation. So he sets this uh, real estate guy, uh, Edward G. Kingsford, uh, as a real estate agent, and he's looking... He's sending him out to buy property that he could start his own lumber mill. And actually, it turns out that uh, they find this uh, property in Michigan. Uh, they start timbering it and making all kinds of 
wooden Ford parts at that particular facility. It turns into Kingsford, Michigan, the, you know, the, the locale. If you're playing the name game at home, you're about to win. If you had charcoal <laughs> yeah. briquettes on bingo so, board. Yeah, so if you, you are as cold as us. Yeah. Sorry. So I'm sorry. You're not sorry. Yeah. Don't apologize. <laughs> But uh, old Henry is going nuts with uh, the waste that uh, it, you know, there's a lot of waste with the tr- the stumps, the limbs and everything else. Why can't we make use of that, uh, you know, uh, industrial byproduct, if you will? So he uh, brings in some people that they're able to take a lot of the sawdust and the waste and everything else and turn that into um, briquettes. So they, initially, the idea was to take all the scrap lumber and turn it into charcoal. Charcoal's been around for, you know, since caveman. But uh, all the other stuff with the uh, the sawdust and that type of thing, well, if we could turn that into a product um, that would be sellable, um, they were going to do that. So um, they developed um, this product called Charcoal Briquettes, and it's the Kingsford brand. And initially... Initially, it was Ford briquettes that you could only buy this stuff at a Ford dealership. <laughs> and he was marketing that crap that you can you could have this little like portable grill. And it was like a picnic set that now that you got the, the Model T Ford, now you could go out into the country and have a little picnic and have a little barbecue and and, uh, you know, roast your roast your burger or whatever out in the out in the field. Shit tastes like coolant to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so you're saying you didn't even have to buy a car to smoke a Ford? Uh, oh, it's oh, a drag race joke. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh. Oh. Yeah, but once again, though, with this whole uh, development of this Kingsford uh, charcoal briquettes, he calls in uh, his old buddy uh, uh, Edison to develop the plant for manufacturing these charcoal br- briquettes, and uh, Kingsford is still with us today, so... Uh, a lot of must have been doing something with something right, right? Yeah, that, this is where it gets. Um, if you're not already confused, we're about to um, it, we're going into full matrix essentially here at this point because now you have people that are uh, names. These are real people we're covering, but now there's going to be this idea that they're going to become corporations. So you have this little bit of chaos here. So we're going to try to see if we can navigate this little storm here. But it's a little bit of a beef, Lawrence Patrick. Is that fair to say what's about to happen between the Dodge boys and old uh, Hank Ford? Yeah, well, Henry, again, Henry, being the the uh, businessman, we'll put it people like the businessman that he is, uh, he's trying to cut costs and, and he's upset that the, he's so dependent on the Dodge brothers for the production of his automobiles that he's trying to eliminate that one supplier kind of a thing. And he wants to make them himself. So he's not happy with that. And he's starting to make moves to make that shit himself rather than being dependent upon the Dodge brothers. The Dodge brothers at the same time are making suggestions to Henry as to how we might be able to improve the Model T and make it a better vehicle than it is. And Henry's not having it. So, uh, And they also get wind of the fact that you know Henry's looking for other sources of uh, what they're producing and and cut them out of the and cut them out of the game completely. Cutting out of the game is the perfect way to phrase it. The other big thing too is they're not like Ford is now. I got a little bit of success. We said earlier he was on Shark Tank, and who said I'll you know here's a deal for me. The Dodge brothers offered you the deal, right? And all of a sudden he's like <clears> not really talking them up so much. He's got this massive success with the Model T. 
everything's kind of going Henry Ford's way. And it's Henry Ford's this and Henry Ford did that. And we're building this legend that he built this Model T in his garage. And it's all this other crazy Henry Ford, Henry Ford. He's leaving out the Dodge brothers. Mm -hmm. So much so that in 2020, literally 100 years after this story is taking place, you know, more than 100 years, rather, we're confused about whose parts went into, you know, which idea of what blah, blah, blah of where. And, uh, you know, who's really kind of the founder of the Model T this way. And the Dodge brothers are wild. They want to invent rock and roll. And uh, old Hank Ford, he is um, he's going to sit there and he's going to be steady in his ways. He goes, I got one trick and it works. Right. Don't fix what ain't broke. Mm-hmm. Well, now you it's have this. last forever. <laughs> <laughs> we could still be driving Model T's today if Henry had anything to say about Three it. Three pedals. I mean, come on. He he has this almost psychotic break. And again, we're not getting into him here today. Uh, um, but he has this weird thing where it's important to contrast him against the Dodge brothers, that the Dodge brothers uh, are a little different than Henry Ford. Henry Ford uh, kind of he used to walk like four miles to church uh, every Sunday kind of a thing. Um, he starts eating like this very vegetarian, vegan type diet. Hmm. Uh, there's all sorts of you know stuff going on with him, uh, with uh, his religious aspect. It was like he's sending if he, he has like a higher up in his company, he's going to send uh, visitors to make sure that you're kind of living a, uh, a sober life, a uh, borderline Puritan life. OK, okay. you, yeah, you hear that Mustang owners with the uh, Blue Lives Matter flag on the back? <laughs> Puritan. We're not a political show. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Go ahead. That's <laughs> uh, oh, my uh, God. What happened there? I just it, got possessed by KP. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's nuts. So you're contrasting that with how crazy Ford gets. And if you guys have any other examples that we've left out, hit me with them. But uh, you got to contrast that against the Dodge brothers who. I'm sure you've seen some of the commercials about the Dodge Brothers. They make them look like a good, you know, good couple of dudes to go out drinking with. Well, guess what? They were. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. These were the dudes. On hot days at the Dodge uh, factories, uh, they would serve beer to the guys on uh, the, the, like, imagine, like, we're drinking beer at work right now, Nate. Okay. Does mm-hmm. it feel like it? Mm-mm. But it certainly would feel like it if we were in a hot factory and all of a sudden somebody slid a beer down the, you know, like, oh, well, shit, we, I, I can get in trouble for that. Oh, it's my boss handing it to me. Never mind. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> to work for the Dodge Brothers, that was that was cool. That, that was a, a, a plum job to be working for those guys because they took care of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had uh, they had uh, um, a medical staff on hand. They had uh, it wasn't unusual to have, you know, big platters of sandwiches and stuff rolling out that the Dodge brothers provided to, to all the employees on, like you said, Kev, on really hot days, uh, they would be bringing in beers and stuff for the, for the boys at the end of the end of the shift kind of a thing to, uh, you know, to cool yourself down. Um, they had a life insurance, uh, program that after working there for a year, you were going to be getting a, a life insurance benefit. And for every year, unless after you were drunk that, at work, then it was void. <laughs> That's right. In, That's in right. Early OSHA days. Um, <laughs> You know, they had a, uh, a machine shop uh, at the at the plant called the Playpen, where guys after work, if they wanted to work on some of their own projects, that they were allowed to go into the quote unquote the Playpen. To, Stuff hasn't changed. The okay, are, that's good. The around. <laughs> yeah, but this was all with the bosses knowing about it, Nathan, yeah. not, not doing it on the sly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best joke of the episode. <laughs> Dad, that was outstanding. Uh, well, so, Silicon Valley had a, a thing, too, where there was the incubator that any idea you came up with in exchange for rent, well, you could live in this millionaire's house. Uh, but if you came up with an idea while you were living under his roof, he got a little chunk of it. So this playpen thing here, kind of uh, uh, reminiscent of that. The Dodge Brothers, definitely the party house. That's who you mm-hmm. want to be hanging out with. Otherwise, Ford's going to you know eat roadside greens, which sounds like exactly what it is. 
<laughs> I'm hungry. Pull over so I can graze a little bit. <laughs> hey, uh, boss, do you mind if I uh, slide over to the machine shop later? I'm going to invent this thing called the Hemi. <laughs> <laughs> Just please don't try to use that name in future reference. <laughs> Hemi's, uh, dude, that's a whole nother, uh, I imagine going from the mild T to the Hemi on that one, but uh, keep setting us up because uh, we're, we're doing a good job contrasting here. The Dodge Brothers, it's Again, I called them the bad boys from Detroit earlier, like pre-Rodman era. You know what I mean? Right. But it's, <laughs> less nipple rings. Yeah, less nipple rings. <laughs> less, uh, still wild colored hair, but natural wild color hair. Yeah, less uh, that, tattoos. We'll go with tattoos. But these, uh, these are, they're going to go out drinking with uh, the boys after work. Yeah, they, they were noted for showing up at uh, working men's bars at the at the end of the day, too. So they, they weren't the um, elitist kind of a attitude that uh, Henry Ford had that, you know, holier than now sending people. Henry Ford was noted for hiring thugs to beat up uh, problematic employees, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, sending people to your home to check up on your on your home life to make sure that you're living the uh, the straight and narrow type of a thing. I'd like Although, to take this moment to point out that Ming Chen, you're a great boss. Only two mics, absent. You were you were telling me earlier what's the difference between Ford and Dodge. It's uh, Dodge invented that uh, working man spirit of having a beer or two during or after work. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Definitely, actually. Because, again, that's of the two. It's not hard to pick who you'd re, you know, prefer to be working with. Here's the interesting thing, though, is that there's uh, it's high society now. These guys are they're in a different class. They are the 1% of Detroit. Yeah, well, we also factor in the whole temperance community movement going in on the time and henry ford was a proponent of temperance where the Dutch brothers were <laughs> i think the polar opposite of that so there, there's a lot of things socially uh going on here overlapping all of this you know the, the zeitgeist of the times there mr <laughs> kevin Ooh, Ooh, there we go right back to it <laughs> but no go ahead oh okay i was gonna say uh it's um it's a lot to to process here um because again, these uh, these guys are the the beef, the riff between them is going uh, slowly, then speeds up, then I mean, it's almost on fire. I don't want to lend Nate another Ford sucks on the road uh, comparison, but it does go up uh, in a Pinto. in a hell of a blaze, Pinto. Um, a Pinto esque blaze, <laughs> I would say. But. Yeah, the Dodge brothers are not happy with Henry, and Henry's not doesn't not so much that he's not happy with the Dodge brothers, but he wants to be separated from them, uh, and he's still paying them the uh, the ten percent um, to, to the dividends. Yeah. So whatever, I mean, they're making the Dodge brothers are definitely making money by uh, providing Henry Ford with ninety uh, percent of his vehicle, um, but they're not getting the. Uh, the notation that they really deserve. Uh, they're making money, yeah, but they could be making a whole lot more money if they stop sending them over to um, Ford and just producing them themselves. So they start making those <laughs> kinds of moves. As a matter of fact, I read that when the Dodge brothers built this whole new plant, um, initially, still while they were still working for um, Ford, there were two railroad lines. One went directly to the Ford to the Ford plant. So they're the transporting the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was for you. No, no, no. Thank you, Kahuna. I love you. <laughs> but, you know, the, I think both sides are looking for the uh, for the divorce settlement here. Well, it's coming. Um, well said, too, because it, it's going 
poorly. And uh, again, these Dodge boys, they got a brawling reputation. Um, I believe there was actually a barroom brawl one time where uh, uh, one of the brothers uh, knocked somebody else out. And then uh, they apologized to the bar owner, say, hey, we're really sorry for having a fight in here. And there was a newspaper man. He goes, but I'll kill that fucking newspaper. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Dodge boys were wild. Um, yeah. All Just a boy. little. Yeah. <laughs> and even the Dodge commercials now that you see the two brothers, you know, uh, drag racing up the highway. I mean, they, they were. They, I love that commercial. They were both into uh, they were both into that. And now that they definitely have some bucks too they're they're going into motorboat racing and everything else so i mean they're they're how are they fitting they're into living the life. upper society in the outer suburbs of the detroit area <laughs> detroit. are they fitting in over there no tough, they're, they're not really being accepted by the uh the upper crust no they don't want to hang out it's because it's very uh, again puritan is the word we used earlier where it's like uh, oh you're the, you you work for the dodge brothers yeah. <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing right and then um child work yeah exactly so ford would be the guy that you could say oh well i work for the ford company and it's oh a ford motor company that kind of and gets very proper and sophisticated and then the dodge boys almost like rodney dangerfield and caddyshack um they have this thing where uh if they weren't allowed into a country club which they were denied membership uh, to a country club. Really? They had enough money to say, fuck you. And I swear to God, they bought uh, the property adjacent to the country club, built a giant facility that had a 12-car garage. Mansion. A mansion. Yeah, a mansion. Their home. And just made as much noise as possible to drive down the price. They had a 13-car like garage type of a thing, but they made sure that the garage would face the country club that they were just denied membership to so they could make as much noise and as much annoyance okay, to, the, okay, to so the country club. I admire so this yeah. level of pettiness. So, so I can love it. Touch on this, how you said, like, why is Dodge better than Ford early in the episode? I'm recapping <laughs> it again, and I, I, I'm going to get a like a Dodge logo tattooed on my chest right now because I'm so cool, proud of, of what they did right there. <laughs> yeah, you would. That's the, big, the big FU moment to society uh, and to like, Henry and everybody see, else. Like you can't see it, but there is one tear rolling down my cheek right now <laughs> <laughs> and it's red, white, and blue. That's they're fat. Like my other favorite part about uh, the the Dodge Boys out here, they do have that Caddyshack vibe. It's also like, uh, do we better let Motley Crue in? Otherwise, Motley Crue is going to move in anyway, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, they have a lot of money. Uh, these guys are millionaires, but they're getting into uh, bar fights. Uh, like we said, death threats to tabloid writers. They weren't welcome down at Symphony Hall, Dad, unless they were writing those big fucking checks Symphony Hall loves so much. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was their attempt to try to buy their way into high society that, you know, you're not going to allow me into the country club. Well, then we're going to so bankroll the, the local symphony to such a point that, you know, you're going to have to let us. <laughs> we bought this place. You're going to tell me I can't sit down here? It's a little kickstart in my heart, baby. <laughs> They're part Jackass, they're part Roddy Dangerfield, they're part Molly Crude. These are the Dodge Boys. They're, they're, I mean, they're geniuses. Um, but it's very, like we said, the old, the old fire crotch boys are starting to, you know, get a little uh, paranoia at old Hank Ford. And it's time for them to, uh, uh, it's time for this rivalry to come to a head, if you will. Yeah, go their separate ways. Yeah. So, and up until this point, um, Ford was taking all the um, the royal, not the royalties, dividends, dividends. Yeah. Yeah. The credit as well, credit. right? Like, like, right, taking publicity. all the credit for what the, yeah. for the for the positivity of of the Ford Motor Company, mm -hmm. um, but um, the uh, the uh, what did you just say on the dividends? 
there are, it is. are not being paid to the shareholders. That Ford was taking the dividends and rolling it back into Ford Motor Company rather than distributing it to the dividends. Well, the Dodge brothers own 10% of this. So where's my money? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they want their money so that they can split and form their own company. So, I mean, and Henry's no fool. He sees that these guys are going to be in direct competition with what I'm what I'm doing here. Um, so he's not real anxious to hand over the, the coin that is due the Dodge brothers. Because you give these guys money, what are they going to do with it? Uh, they already want to, they're very clear about it, pretty much. Henry is uh, paranoid, but paranoid correctly. That's the terrifying part when, uh, as Doug Stanhope says, when the microwave is speaking to you and it's accurate. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, it, it's a fantastic, uh, uh, weird time in their relationship because uh, the Dodge brothers, it all comes down to what you said earlier, Nate. Who gets credit for the Ford Model T? It's the name on the outside of it. So it doesn't matter that it was a Dodge chassis and everything like that, and that all that Henry Ford, depending on who you talk to, had to do was slap wheels and a, a body onto it. But uh, the Dodge boys want their name on the outside. Okay, so it's it's very weird now because, like we said, going back to the Shark Tank thing, Henry Ford is saying, and I couldn't have got you know I couldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for one person. Henry Ford, you know, (laughs) he's ignoring the Dodge brothers that they're uh, the rivalry is just it's almost just getting started here. But there's this legal move. So Henry Ford has extremely simple uh, motor designs for the Model T. That was the beauty of it. They always say that is the simplicity. So uh, but from 1903 to 1913, Ford has now built an empire seemingly off of the Dodge brothers and their work for him. Ford was ignoring them, taking most of the uh, credit and continue to ignore their designs and their plans for the next phase of. Uh, so pretty much the Dodge brothers are like, dude, we're ready to create rock and roll. We got blues. We got bluegrass. We got jazz music. We got everything. We want to mix it all together and come up with this weird thing called rock and roll. And Henry Ford is just saying, uh, no, we're good. We got everything's a kind of OK as it is. But by 1914, the brothers are timed. Yeah, it's that Marty McFly. If only you could come back and, uh, and let us know here. <laughs> but uh, by 1914, uh, the brothers are going to wind up uh, that the legal battle is already kind of underway. So the decision that we talked about in the legal case at the very beginning of this episode is going to be a couple of years later down the road. But by 1914 now, post partnership with Ford, the Dodge boys set up. Dodge Motor Company, right? Dodge Brothers Motor Company. Soon to be Nate's tattoo over his chest. Uh, I'm going to get that first car off the assembly line <laughs> tattooed on my neck. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird, though, because now these guys get themselves set up over here. They have all the ideas. Ford's not really coming out with anything new. This is I'm not going to say this is the end of the Ford part of the story for today, but I want to focus on what the Dodge boys do now that they're up on their own. Okay? Um so, again, this next phase of the auto here. Dodge names are now finally going to be on the outside of the vehicle instead of just underneath them. They take to their work quickly and with the continued excellence and innovation, coupled with some good advertising. I'm excited about this one, Dad. You know where I'm going. Uh, you can invent a great truck. You can invent a great blueprint or a great plan. It takes a special kind of a person to invent a word. All right. Uh, in the advertising for Dodge first, like, this is so, it, I, yeah, it's already doing was, a high five in the room. <laughs> <laughs> the advertising crew over at Dodge, a guy by the name of McManus, uh, is going to come up with this uh, uh, a combination of words. What if we took, you know, this kind of, it's literally, it's a Silicon Valley, some guy doing a TED talk and just slapping his hands together and each word smashes into one another. What if we had a vehicle that you could depend on that was also quite capable? 
What if it had dependability? And that was the first time. If you look the it up. The first time the word was coined was mm-hmm. was for the Dodge Brothers advertising and slogan. And they beat it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say uh, they rammed it into the ground, Nate. All right. uh, if you is. can't dodge it, ram it. <laughs> I missed that one earlier. My favorite part, by the way, of the show, uh, Kahuna just... He, he heard us say that and he goes, this is the part where they're fucking with me and they made up something. And then he Googles it. <laughs> yeah, What's he's, it say, he's, already, he's already Googled Some sources. Yeah, Dodge Brothers, automobile print advertising. That's so fucking cool. Well, get this. <laughs> now, talk is cheap, as I've proven on this show. Um, but uh, talk is cheap. But they come up with this good advertising move. But guess what? The Dodge Brothers rep, it's still pretty damn good. Because by focusing on constructing... Uh, tough vehicles that can kind of handle these adverse situations. They wind up eventually, eventually, not quite yet, getting into trucks and ambulances and other service vehicles uh, for later efforts here. Right. But the Dodge name is starting to become synonymous with kicking a little ass, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And taking names. So they should, But yeah. not Ford. Uh, any names in particular, Nate? You uh, you know the guy, perhaps a King Bandito down in Mexico. Maybe Kahuna remembers him. Oh. Loserception Ameri- time. A loserception? Because they're, they're kicking ass and taking one name in particular. <laughs> he gets an expedition launched after him. Oh. It's not Ford. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said expedition, so that was a, that was a viable name. Uh, it's a, oh. Ooh. Man, that was... That's a home run kahuna right there. I'm, I'm impressed right now, buddy. But yeah, uh, the Dodge vehicles are going to be vehicles that are used for the military's first foray uh, into uh, uh, automobile combat, if you will. And this is going to take place during the 1916 Pancho Villa expedition. So if you want to, go ahead and check that episode out. I believe my father was wearing a kilt during that episode. It was taking place <laughs> yeah, during a snowstorm. A, the cousins were drinking tequila. It was a weird one. But that story is weird, too. So, uh, yeah, so know. I mean, the Dodge brothers didn't really go into this whole their own automobile production in direct competition with with the Model T. The, the Model T was definitely the Econo line of, of, uh, of uh, vehicles that if you couldn't afford anything, you could at least afford a Model T. All right. Um, and their idea was, well, we can make something a whole lot better for just a little bit more money. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, uh, the whole de- and with the advertising and the dependability and all that kind of stuff. Um, by the, the quote, t- by, the, by the time 1916 rolls around, um, you know, they're noted for their dependability. They're, they're they're not just talking as an advertising campaign. That's it's the real thing. The Dodge car is much uh, preferred over the the Model T. Way more technologically advanced. Right. I mean, it's got a starter. It's got a fuel pump. It's got an oil pump. It's it's got got a a cooling system. I mean, it's got really neat stuff. You you don't have to, like, adjust your timing from the dashboard. Right, right. right. Say say the quote. What's the middle finger heard around the world? All right, in terms of the advertising, because you just oh, when they when they ask uh, they asked uh, John uh, Dodge, um, he, he his quote was, "Think of all the Ford owners who would like to own an automobile." <laughs> 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 I, I, I was doing the research on it too, and I saw that, and, and like, it, I rarely look at my phone and like. 
reading words hey cracked me up that that was good that was a hard jab to the back it is there it's up go. there with larry bird walking into the three-point competition at the all-star game and saying which one of you motherfuckers is coming in second <laughs> it's in terms of good trash talk man but it was uh yeah it was nuts but again it's not direct competition like you said that these guys they're doing stuff that has been done before what's some of the armament that they're coming up with i feel like you're about to i feel like you're prepped for that well you you mentioned about um uh, Pancho Villa that in 1916 another huge publicity gain was when the US Army orders 150 Dodge cars to take with them down into Mexico chasing after Pancho Villa the the big bandito um, and you're you're driving over you know if you think the roads in America were bad at this time, now you're down in Mexico where the roads or the open land was even worse. And uh, General John Pershing is leading this American expedition force chasing after Pancho Villa. And he's got a lieutenant with him at that point who is none other than George Patton Jr. Now, <laughs> George was a little uh, overly anxious himself. Yeah, uh, he's got 35 dragon. horses under the hood. Yeah, so now he's he's driving. He's not driving some pissant Model T 20 horsepower yes. motor. He's got this whopping 35 horsepower uh, straight Dodge forward. Brother. Yep. Yeah. Um, Slide cut gears. And uh, actually, it, it's with George Patton where um, he's now later credited for the uh, the first mechanized attack. Um, mechanized attack is such a perfect name for a Megadeth album. I can't even yeah, tell you. I, I thought it was like mechanized that. cavalry attack. There it is. A mechanized cavalry attack under the leadership of George Patton Jr. with 15 other guys. They capture a couple of uh, not they don't capture um, uh Pancho Villa, but they capture one of his higher ups, and a couple other guys are killed in that fracas that <laughs> took place. <laughs> but George, pa there's a very famous photograph of George Patton coming back to the army base with the dead bodies strapped across the hood of the of the Dodge. He's like vehicle. deer hunter type <laughs> stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Coming home with the trophy. Hey, we got two of Except these. Except hopefully he didn't eat those. <laughs> you might be able to tell me this then there's a there's an advertisement for for a car company that i i have this very specific image of when i was a kid and it was they were advertising a pickup truck carrying another pickup truck yeah was that dodge well it's it's every single pickup truck brand so like ford dodge and chevy they've all towed each other on the back of each other okay because i remember this one it was like specifically like two or three of them on it like it was like a weird funny thing i don't know if that's is that ring a bell or anything like that because that sounds like a dodge uh, thing it's like with, these, with their marketing approach you're t you're painting for me right now it's like the towing capacity thing has always been like a huge in uh, actually like dodge on their first like model of their uh of their truck actually like what was it like a thousand pound towing capacity right but i think it was ford and it was like three people sticking their finger in someone else's butthole <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. I, you know, here's the problem. And it's not biased at all. I remember that commercial as a kid. And well, it, that one that would be memorable. It led me. It led me. That to, would be a memorable commercial. I'll give you that, Nate. Well, we lost track of this one. Well, sorry. Uh, really. <laughs> Nathan going off the rails again. But it's good for the first automobile because you don't have to be on a railroad anymore. So, Larry, what were you saying? There you it's go. Like, so, meanwhile, back in 1916, <laughs> yeah. we're getting some publicity. Segway. With, uh, <laughs> with Patton coming back with the dead Mexicans on the hood of a, of a Dodge automobile. Because mm-hmm. the Dodge brothers have yet, not yet made a truck. They, they, the, the Ram and all that kind of stuff doesn't happen until much later. But uh, So now we're 1916. What's going to happen in 1917? Now the United States is involved with the First World War. Um, the Dodge brothers are influential with that. They're sending over um, vehicles, certainly. Um, they're also um, still producing cars for the home front. I mean, the car production unlike the second world war where civilian cars were shut down for the war effort first world war they're still cranking out cars for the for the home front for the civilian population they also get involved with um uh the manufacture of uh some war material and namely a hundred i think it was a 155 millimeter gun uh, recoil system for the allied forces so they're they're setting up a whole new production for the war effort and at the end of the war, um, they sell that whole facility for a penny or a profit of a penny. So these guys, these brothers were definitely into the war effort without trying to be war profiteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, was is the point with that the I'm troops, trying to make. Baby. It yeah. makes that George Washington commercial for the Challenger makes so much more sense. Oh, that's a good you, point, you too. You remember that one? The founding fathers driving the Dodge oh, muscle yeah. cars? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think a single tear rolled off my cheek. They definitely have uh, the, the red, white, and blue. But imagine this, too. We always talk about this. As soon as it seems to be that it's human nature, uh, that as soon as we may have some sort of massive achievement happens with uh, technology, the first thing we do is say, all right, how do we kill people with it? <laughs> that, that's the move. We're, we're, we're figuring it out slowly, all right? But you're, you hit the nail on the head here, Dad. It's like the microwave. That's <laughs> <laughs> Someone explain that. Don't. Segway. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun. So the Dodge brothers are making their their own stuff. They're doing their thing here, right? You'd think it would all be, this is the part where, all right, finally, we're out from, you know, uh, uh, we're on our own. We're doing our thing here. But Ford is still just, I mean, he is, he does not stop uh, just turning that knife that he put in their back earlier, man. It's just twisting at all times. Uh, that court case, uh, depending on who you're talking to, okay, Um was won or lost by whoever you decided. The same way that you can't really truly determine who is responsible for the Model T, um, you can't really decide who wins this court case. So Ford, as we said earlier, very simple engine, very simple design, right? Very complex manipulation of shareholdings and dividends. Uh, It's more complex than his Model T would ever be. Uh, Court case is on paper won by the Dodge brothers. Sounds like a win for the good guys, right? Mm -hmm. In this particular case. Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, no. They say, hey, uh, uh, Mr. Ford, uh, we're actually ruling against you. You're not allowed to take your dividends and put them back into your company, even though you think that's going to increase the shareholder's wealth. You are beholden to the shareholder. So in every movie, whenever a bad guy gets brought before, um, whenever a Bond villain uh, fails in his mission and gets 
you know, brought before a board of inquiry, if you will. And he has to stand in a room and a bunch of people just sit around deciding if they're going to, you know, hit the button that sends him into literally the shark tank. <laughs> Not the one with Damon Dash. Um, <laughs> um, that's honest to God because of this Michigan Supreme Court uh you know, case that's being heard here, which is uh, still on paper, and you can read about it. It's Ford versus Dodge. So it sounds like the Dodge brothers are going to win here, except Ford is such a bastard. <laughs> this is full Palpatine here. Yeah, there's, uh, Henry was not a, a likable guy by any stretch of the imagination. And, and that's why I think so many people were endeared to her, the Dodge brothers because they were the, the, the polar opposite of, of Henry. Um, and, you know, again, depending on who you're asking, whether you're pro Ford, pro Dodge, whatever, back and forth. But, uh, you know, th that doesn't go well. And, and you add to the fact that uh, Henry is also spewing a lot of uh, anti-Semitic um, propaganda or newspaper. He, he buys out his own hometown newspaper and then forces them to publish a lot of different things. And. If you're a Ford dealer, if you're a Ford dealer, you had to sell a subscription for every car you sold. You also had to sell a subscription to this newspaper that was famous for being anti anti-Semitic. So, you know, but, you know, how come they didn't put the, the hammer down on this guy? Well, it's also Henry Ford, probably one of the richest guys in America that's spewing this stuff. So mm -hmm. people are afraid to stand up to say, hey, Henry, that ain't right. Um, because not the you know, people's car. Right. No, it's... Uh, Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> darkness. Darkness all around in this uh, automotive industry. Uh, and as we've said here before, so the Dodge Brothers still own 10% of this company, but here's what a bastard old Hank Ford is. He starts a rumor that he's going to leave his own company. So, again, this is he's been bankrupt a couple of times, as we covered. Right. This is a, the... Literally the number one, because Ford was the number one in terms of sales. Dodge never eclipsed him there. Um, and there's a, a third party we're going to discuss in a second as we're wrapping up. But um, Dodge is never able to uh, eclipse him at number one, like you said, Dad. But they didn't really want to. Dodge was something that a car guy, this is right. a car guy's car, man. If you want a real automobile, you're going to buy a Dodge. Exactly. If you want if an you almost wanna, a car. If you want to actually operate it, <laughs> yeah. you buy a Dodge. Right. I have a podcast where I take my iPhone out and put it down on a diner table somewhere in Pequannock, New Jersey, and we talk into it, you know, clanging of coffee cups. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I have a shared universe. I'm a podcast guy. This is it. This is what we're doing here. This is a lot more going on than what you guys see. This is real. Yeah. So, um, But in this, uh, the manipulation of uh, the shareholdings and the dividends and everything like that, uh, it plays right into Ford's hand because he makes a rumor that I'm going to leave the company and I'm going to start my own thing. And uh, that's going to everyone's like, oh, is Ford's stock going to be worth anything now? Right. He said, we we finally got our money. He's going to pay. Us, but is it going to be worth as much? Because now he's going to go ahead and move on to his next thing. And if, if the guy whose name isn't with the company anymore, does it change? I mean, are we going to be in a, a Cadillac type situation? What's going to happen over here? It sounds like someone who's had two bankruptcies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Right. Oh, so he's a genius. You make it better from them. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So he's a, he's a genius in the manipulation he's about to pull here, but he really screws over our boys because now the Dodge brothers hear this rumor. Hey, did you hear Ford's leaving? Who started the rumor? Ford. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he starts yeah, they're not rumor. Buy, they don't buy into it 
And uh, I think in the end, they were awarded, what, $25 million, I believe. But it yeah. took forever because that was the appropriate amount. The fear was that if Ford left the company, he would leave them with shareholdings in a company that was no longer as valuable. So, oh, hey, congrats on your money. Uh, I know I owe right. you 10 bucks. It's really only worth seven seventy-five right now. Sorry <laughs> about that. So I get, I get to fuck you for the, you know, the leftover money. Yeah, I think what really tipped his hand that there was some... You know, a stranger comes walking into uh, the Dodge Brothers and offers to buy their shares of Ford stock. And that's when they get a little suspicious, like, you know, why is this guy coming in here out of the blue kind of a thing? There's something there's something shady going on here. So, you know, they they don't fall for it and they stick to their guns and uh, end up winning the case and winning, you know, a, a very substantial award. I believe it was like 25 million. And they just used that to turn that into the Dodge Brothers uh, production of Dodge vehicles. Production, and they were pretty much set for life, but... Yes. I mean, but... You gotta have speedboat money. uh, Like, set for life if you were, like, Kim Kardashian for four years. Ooh, they, 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 they didn't last long, unfortunately. No, it's uh, and, and Nate's right here because we have to we have to end this story and it's going to end abruptly. And it's it's, it's not a happy one. Loser. It, it's when the idea of talking about the car industry came up, uh, I thought I had a couple ideas in mind. There's a few ideas for down the road, too. But Nate pointed these guys out and I was like this. It shouldn't end as abruptly as it does here. Right. So they finally are able, and by 1919, Ford buys out his former only willing partners, the only guys that would touch Henry Ford's dirty dick in town. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and literally, his Shark Tank guy, he's sitting there, he's hanging out with Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank. I reference that a lot. My mom watches it quite a bit. Um, Sandy. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he has betrayed them and then makes them almost regret ever getting into business with the guy first, all in order to create his, to see his vision um, solidified here. So he's gone full Palpatine in, in my mind in this, uh, to this end. But now, uh, unfortunately, you would think that after the settlement is here in 1919 and he buys out those guys, it's moved on. John and Horace, uh, they're not long for this earth, right? Uh, yeah. And it's, it's dark to even talk about this too because uh, there's people that draw a comparison to a current epidemic that's going on to one that is being faced uh, in earnest at this time, known as the Spanish flu. So uh, that's not exactly the sole cause of their uh, their demise. But you want to expand upon that, Dad? Well, yeah. I mean, we, we've we've gone through 1916 with Pancho Villa. Now we're into the First World War. Um, they're supporting the war effort with this uh, recoil of the this big gun, and they're also sending. They're still producing 60,000 cars during the war. Um, they also developed, which I think was like the intro into their truck line, is they developed an ambulance to send over to Europe to help out with, with that. To so there's help a, injured Ford drivers, I believe, right? Is that the truth? <laughs> Guys that broke their arm trying to start a Ford. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I had to get one in as we're wrapping yeah. up. <laughs> Isn't it good? Doesn't it feel okay? <laughs> Even though you drive a Nissan? <laughs> yeah, right. Keep going. But up, uh, uh, I think it's the 1920 car show that's in New York. And the one brother, I believe it was Horace, goes to the New York and then um, comes down with the Spanish flu. And then uh, John immediately goes um, into go to New York to be with his his brother. 
And then uh, John, well, depends on what research you do. Some say that he contracted pneumonia. Others saying that he had cirrhosis. That uh, you know, both of these guys were. I think they <laughs> one, got, one got Spanish flu, and then the other brother made out with him. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe, sorry. Maybe, maybe in your mind, Nate. That's that weird left-hand turn, guys. But to, to clarify, just so we, I want some accuracy here, because our, our iTunes reviews have told us great topics, but sometimes you guys are all over the place. And our other iTunes review is, uh, they're mostly right. Mostly um, right. But to clarify. This is going to be the, the antithesis of that. Antithesis, there's the word. Antithesis. <laughs> um, John would die in uh, 1920. Okay. Uh, he dies first. Uh, Horace. Uh, ill as well is now sadly without his brother for the first time in his life because Horace is the younger brother as you remember okay and he dies uh, from complications from pneumonia or alcoholism shortly thereafter which sucks man this is like he, kind of a heartbroken dude um, the two die less than a year apart meaning that uh, again that four year age gap is like the only time they were apart from each other which is kind of beautiful in a weird way but still sad that these millionaires uh, and juggernauts who had so much left to give are now dead, okay? But luckily, uh, their wives are, are committed to the cause uh, and they're going to move on and, and continue to, you know, oh, no, they sold their shares to the investment bank. <laughs> uh, both Ford brothers actually wind up getting interned in a mausoleum in the bodies are returned to Detroit, Michigan. So they are buried in Detroit. You want to know the soul of that town, why people don't quit on that town? It's probably because of this. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, invasion. Yeah, it's not just all the, the Detroit Lions and occasionally when Justin Verlander was still in Detroit um, in baseball. <laughs> or definitely not the Pistons. That's, <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, that The fact that I we got all the way through that without piecing together that the Pistons are the team for Detroit, I'm ashamed of myself. Well, Detroit was the Motor City, right? So, so exactly. in, in, in case you need me for mechanical knowledge, that's what makes the car run. That's <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no problem. I'm glad I could be some help. I thought we had a wrong Snapple fact again here uh, in summation, but uh, I thought. Yeah, we- now I also have too. By 1920, when the two brothers uh, died, the the brothers ironically uh, jumped to become America's uh, second best selling car. So I mean, they're they're moving up the scale here. Yeah. But now the brothers die. So again, another I, loser possibility here because I, you know they're on the rise. That, that's why brothers die. That's why I looked at from this whole episode when they started. They were like third best automaker, and they slowly worked their way up to second. It was a very 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 close race. They basically innovated the car. Right, like Start everything, finish, yeah. like everything that you could think that's modernized now. The reason why you don't have three pedals on the floor, <laughs> they did. Right. They did. Right. They did all that. Right, and they are the biggest loser, in the sense. And I just kind of like if they just lived for like another one or two decades. Could you imagine? Like yeah. what the car would be like now. We'd have a flying car for, for Gahuna. We would have, yeah. <laughs> well, um, there's a, an interesting thing here, too. I thought there was another Snapple fact gone wrong. But uh, in the mausoleum that they're buried in, in uh, Detroit, uh, their family tomb is guarded by two giant Egyptian-style sphinxes. It's an Egyptian-style tomb that they're buried in, in Woodlawn Cemetery in, in Detroit, Michigan. I, I saw a picture of it in order to confirm because I was, I was very confused. I was like, definitely some weird stuff on here. Again, we're getting our info from message boards instead of articles. But uh, 
Absolutely true here. Now, like we said, unfortunately, the widows are not much concerned with uh, they want to maintain their lifestyle. They miss their husbands. It's not like uh, they didn't know what to do with the thing. So they wind up selling uh, the Dodge Brothers you know, company here, their life's work, everything, Stark Industries, pretty much, uh, for $146 million. Okay. And that is sold to an investment bank. The investment bank did not really know what to do with it. Um, the company would later be purchased by another man with a vision for what an automotive should be. The Dodge brothers are no longer at the helm anymore uh, in 1928, but just three years after the company is sold, the Dodge brothers company is purchased by fellow auto engineering maverick, Walter Chrysler. <laughs> yes. Nate's giving a silent cheer over there. Yeah. Yay, Walty. <laughs> I'm just over here. I, like, I can't like do words as good as Kevin. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do words That's as good. The, um, <laughs> or Larry or Kahuna, for that matter. No, it's just a testament to Ross Brewing. You guys make a fine beer over there. <laughs> yeah. <What's that? laughs> also, I got to, you know, think about stuff. Dude, it's... Uh, Here's the thing, though. You brought this up. We only have this topic because you brought this one up. So the Dodge Brothers, absolutely fantastic loser fodder for this. We have so much to thank them for. Uh, LP, you had some weird other stuff. Did you have anything you wanted to wrap on as we're wrapping up here? Because otherwise I'm going to go into the promo because this story I did not think was real. I kept thinking there's no chance in hell. Right. Um, and I'm legitimately, legitimately asking here, Dad, because I don't know if you have anything else. No, I don't think so. I, you know, dude. that was, you know, I think they're where are they losers? Well, they're losers because, as Nate just said, you know, can you imagine what the development of the automobile would have been had these guys been around for another 10 years? And there's so many things within today's cars that the origin goes back to the Dodge brothers, like, yet they have absolutely no credit for it. Like, know, nobody yes. speaks, oh, yeah, yeah, that uh, that slip differential or that, uh, you know, that uh, the clutch mechanism or yeah, <laughs> whatever. Like, if, they can, if they continue to innovate, you would have looked at a parking lot like, oh, there's a Lexus, there's a Mercedes, there's an Audi. Oh, my God, there's a Dodge. Right. Like, there could have just right. – they, they had, like, an open field to do anything they wanted. They literally segued the entire automotive industry. Right. And uh, we – again, losers because we don't know what we could have gotten out of them. Uh, losers in the sense that they fought this war and uh, the war, the war is, uh, they always say history is written by those that uh, um, have hung heroes. So I've heard in my mind, the Dodge Brothers, it makes you want to go out and buy a Dodge. I'm not going to because uh, I have no money, uh, but <laughs> it does make you want to go out there and uh, and support these guys because their vision was the coolest. These guys absolutely, without a doubt, were uh, they had something really cool going on here. Their story, again, so many weird turns. We went way long on this one. I apologize, uh, unless you're finally uh, commuting again, in which case, uh, welcome to your week. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Nate, anything you want to say on the way? Uh, uh, luxury co, uh, luxury auto co, rather. Well, uh, plug that, or if Dodge kept innovating, the Dodge Neon wouldn't be a giant microwave with four wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal, man. Hey, uh, so luxury you, you... Auto Co. Corneos, North Carolina. LuxuryAutoCo.com. Check them out. They got some cool stuff coming in there. Occasionally sometimes. Forts. Yeah. No. Yeah, sometimes forts. Just as a little side note, you, you mentioned that the uh, the widows sold the company um, for $146 million. Oh, yeah. Keep All going. Right. So that was $146 million, but... Um, 
by today's standard, that might sound like chump change, like you know, he got that at the cheap. But at that time, that was the largest uh, transaction in history up to that point. They outbid General Motors, who saw some serious interest in buying that. Um, so, although 146 by 2020 standards might sound like you know that's not so much. Back in 1925 standards, that was a boatload of money. That was the largest <laughs> purchase ever made for for a corporation. So, it just again, where would we be with today's technology had these guys had another ten years worth of development? Yeah, it's, it's like you said, it was the computer of the time. Everyone needed to have one. And uh, you had to have one to get anything done, but you wanted to have a nice one to kind of show off a little bit, maybe have the ins and outs of it. Mm -hmm. I want to say thank you. I, I would thank Mike and Ming, but I just sent Ming uh, another hour's worth of studio time to cover what we just did here. And I just sent it to him on Venmo and just said, uh, whoops, because we booked a one hour session and we needed one hour for each Dodge brother, to be quite honest. <laughs> so I want to say thank you to the big kahuna behind the ones and twos being patient with us as always, brother. I appreciate no worries. you. Uh, thank you to our guest, Nate Condit. Uh, buddy, it's great having you up here, man. You're still going to hang for a couple days. Thank you, know? you. Oh, no. Thank you to uh, the good people over at Ross Brewing who just opened their new location in Belford. Hopefully, in a couple of years, it'll be uh, Burke couple. versus uh, <laughs> Ross Brewing in a lawsuit. <laughs> it'll be me sitting there saying, you guys stole my recipe for my uh, Kahuna-flavored beer. You were the genius behind it. <laughs> my internal ball-bearing-flavored beer. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, of course, to uh, uh, my father. Dad, you were the father of the bride yesterday. Um, you were helping. You, you were you were set up. You were breakdown crew. Um, you had to uh, you had to deal with uh, the mother of the bride too. Who you know she's a saint, but you know it couldn't have been easy. Uh, couldn't have been, couldn't have happened without her. She is uh, the MVP, and uh, she listens to every episode. So we got to make sure we say that. But uh, all of that being said, thank you so much for the research you did on this one. Um, to all my friends who uh, I hope you got to understand why being friends with Nate Condit is uh, so damn fun. He is a uh, he's chaos. He is chaos. It's a challenging chaos. But uh, a dodge challenge. Yeah. A dodge challenge. Oh, <laughs> challenger. But uh, for our, yeah, for our uh, Patreon listeners, if you guys want to go ahead and uh, jump onto the Patreon, there's a poll up right now. The top two vote getters. The top two vote getters. It's important that I say that are going to get covered this month on Patreon. I'm taking care of that uh, myself. You can relax. You're going on a vacation soon that you earned, LP. <laughs> um, but if you want to jump onto that, you can go ahead and vote on there. Again, guys, some people tried to give more when we first started off the Patreon, and I, I told them, I said, hey, I'm uncomfortable with you giving this much. Um, five bucks a month, I feel, is adequate for the bonus content we give you guys. Or we want to pay Kahuna, we want to pay Mike and Ming. And if we get a little bit left over, that's fine. I want to at least just continue to break even here. So with everything going on with COVID, if you guys are struggling or something like that, you need to you know make an amendment here. Edit your pledge, delete your pledge, whatever you got to do. Keep in touch with us, though. You're always going to get as long as I can afford to do this show. I swear to God, I will go down like the Dodge Brothers if I have to. <laughs> we will continue to do this show for free. Every uh, Tuesday, we'll have a free episode up over onto iTunes. Uh, and the Patreon content, it keeps getting better. The topic, this could have been a Patreon with the depth we had here, yeah. but we had to put an episode out because it's uh, Monday and goddamn Labor Day screwed everything up. And we also <laughs> had to take advantage of Nathan while he was still here in Jersey. So Again, uh, we would not know about the topic had it not been for him. Right. And uh, to have this buddy of mine who it, the entire friendship's been built on beer, dick, and fart jokes, <laughs> to have him screaming about history at me in his parents' kitchen at 2 a.m. a couple nights ago, I was like, all right, we're well, on to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That being said, guys, I'm going to wrap. Um, any, say goodnight, Dad. Good night, Dad. I'll, I'll tell you what, guys, that was the Dodge Brothers, American Losers. An American Loser, the day I will